This is the Rugby Muscle Podcast, talking all that you need to become the best rugby player you can be. Now here are the Rugby Muscle Coaches, TJ and Alex. They say that the third time is a charm, and hopefully that is true. You're like, well, what do you mean the third time's a charm? Yeah, this is the third time that myself and Alex have been trying to record this podcast, and hopefully it goes on without a hitch. Yes, uh, after that weird 20 seconds there, you are listening to the Rugby Muscle Podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and I'm joined, as always, by Alex. Alex, how you doing? Again. How you going, buddy? <laughs> I'm going okay. If, if, have you been okay since the 30 seconds since the last time I asked you if you were okay? Um, I'm a little bit worse. Oh, yeah? Have you had any uh, strong bodybuilders uh, comment on your, uh, personally make a comment on your um, Instagram post? I don't know how you want me to answer that, mate. But yes, Duffin. That's Duffin the answer. Sometimes. Um, it's funny... Because I, I always get a, a like from some mostly average to very strong uh, Olympic lifters whenever I put up a, a video of my Olympic lifting. Or more importantly, it's whenever I actually hashtag Olympic lifting. Yeah, almost like it's automated. Yeah, Ukrainian uh, gold medalist Alexei Tokriti, he always likes mine. I like to envision him on the toilet. Uh, wait, that's not the end of the <laughs> sentence. Uh, scrolling through his Instagram feed, and then he sees my post, and he's like, yeah, that guy's he's handsome, and he's a good lifter. So he gives it a double tap. I'm not sure if that's exactly what happens. But anyway. This is, this is the most gay thing I've heard um, since yesterday when two guys are having a lat off in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> when you said this is the most gay thing I've ever heard since yesterday, two guys, that could have gone anywhere. That could have gone really, really anywhere. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, people don't complain about us taking too long uh, with these intros and with the fact of the week, but I did get a comment on, like, it was like a comment literally two minutes into the video when I posted this up on YouTube, uh, and they were like, right, great information, but the podcast actually starts at four minutes, 32 seconds or something. <laughs> True that. They want to skip past it all. But I don't want to skip past it all, Alex. It's time for the Facts of the Week. Alex, what's the fact of the week? Um, Australian rugby ship. No, that's not a yeah. fact of the week. You know, do you want to know their win rate, their wins for the last uh, four years? So four years? This is, this is Australian rugby teams playing New Zealand rugby teams. In 2013, Australia won 12 times, right? Okay. To okay. Four, 14, they won 11 times. How many times did they lose? Just well, it's, it's the amount of total matches minus this number. I don't know how. How am I supposed to know what the total matches is between a New Zealand and Australian team? Because there was four New Zealand teams, four Australian teams. But they don't all play each other like head to head once or twice. It's like there's a it's a different schedule every year. We need context, Alex. Bear, bear with us in this case. This, this is a poorly this is researched rugby. fact already. Thirteen is twelve wins. Just look at this because it shows that something's wrong with Australian rugby. 14 is 11 wins, 15 is 7 wins, 16 is 3 wins, and they've yet to win 2017. Yeah, but they've played less games. They play less games with the new structure because they like all the teams within a conference play each other home and away, 
and then they play like a random selection. It's like the NFL. There's Doesn't no matter. set because schedule. Because we're looking from 13 to 16 already, right? Where it wasn't changed. I think it has changed. The Sunwolves and the and the Jaguares have only been a team for the last two years, so they've only had we're, this we're not structure no, but we're I'm saying that the, the structure has been only like this for the last two years. We're, we're looking at Australia versus New Zealand. We're not including Argentina or Japan. I know, teams. But, no, but those teams coming into the competition changed the structure of the competition. <laughs> I'm going to go out there and say that this isn't an interesting fact. And I, said, and I said that, you know, uh, some bullshit fact about clowns was interesting. And this is a poorly researched fact. To be honest, the point is there's a, there's a huge problem with win weight for Australian teams, and that's got to be down to something. If you look at when the points are conceded, it's almost all in the last 20 minutes of the game. Ooh. So when we look at the differences between Australian and New Zealand teams, we can look at a conditioning aspect of that. So we need to go away and look at what New Zealand are doing for their conditioning, which is different yeah. from Australia. Or, but it's also. Um... This has got nothing to do with what we're going to discuss in this podcast, but we've mentioned it before about how teams often do drop off, uh, you know, in terms of conditioning and whatnot in the last 20, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're unfit. It could mean that they're having to compensate for their low levels of skill slash performance at such a high level that eventually that's going to drop off. And Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, for example... um, you could do an endurance test with who could squat the most of 100 kilos. And it would be between me and Zydrunas Savickas, one of the world's strongest athletes ever to have lived. Um, and guess what? He's going to absolutely smash me. And it's not because he's fitter than me. It's because he's stronger than me. Just a thought. He's probably fitter than you as well, mate, to be honest. Have you not seen this? Well, fitness is all in context as well. But anyway... I just figured I'd give that example. And i tell you what, uh, as we were talking about Tocrity, here's a fact. And this is how you do a fact of the week, mate. Ready? It's time for the facts of the week. So, in the 2012 Olympic Games, Ilya Ilin won the weightlifting gold medal for the 94 kilo weight category. Not 93, no? No, 93 is powerlifting. Okay, the Tocrity won the the gold medal for the 105 kilo weight category. Now, actually, I think Ilya Ilin's um, gold medal may have been stripped for post-test steroid use or whatever it is, or they've re-examined the tests and found steroids. Anyway, Ilya Ilin lifted enough weight to win the 105 kilo category. But he didn't get it because he didn't compete in the 105 kilo class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Clare classroom. Yeah, I know. But he essentially beat everyone at the hot. He beat everyone in the world in the weight class above him. I thought that was an interesting fact. So, wow, that's an interesting fact. There we go. This is the longest shittest start to a podcast we've done. I don't think it's the shittest at all. Anyway, this podcast, no, because this isn't (laughs) that bad. In this podcast, we're going to talk to you about what should be in your kit bag, aka tools for your training. Um, And we did have a little pre-podcast discussion 
about what really quantifies being uh, a tool or a you know something that you can use for your training and we defined it as stuff that you can put in your kit bag so yes there are some gyms i i know a guy who's a semi competitive slash nor nationally competitive weightlifter here in denver and he trains at the y because they have platforms and and, and bu- um, bumper plates but he brought his own bar in he was like look i'm going to use this bar now are most people going to do that are you you listening going to do it probably not same way you're not probably going to take a sled to the gym or get invest in your own set of plates or uh i don't think it's appropriate that you take a weighted vest to the gym every time because that's again probably doesn't fit in your kit bag um outside of that there are a number of tools that you can use to boost your performance now um I guess it's important to say we've outlined what goes in your kit bag. Now we want to outline that these tools are used as tools. Um, it's not not with the end goal of simply lifting more weight, but with the end goal of being a better athlete. Okay? Does that make sense, Alex? Mm-hmm. It's, it's important to sort of say because... I know people that are like, oh, I use this one tool and I increase my bench by 10 kilos. But does that mean that, does that 10 (laughs) kilos? Not necessarily steroids being the tool. I I mean, just whatever it is, right? But does that 10 kilo increase mean that you're a better athlete? That's what we need to figure out. Cool beans. Any, any, anything you want to preface this podcast with, mate? No, you pretty covered that well. I think we're good. good. Right, okay. So, number one. Now, uh, these aren't in any sort of specific order. In fact, I wouldn't say any of them are... Not one tool is more important than the other. It depends on what you want to achieve, uh, for sure. So, And depends on what you need. So, first one we're going to cover, not necessarily the most important, but one of them is uh, lifting shoes. Alex, do you want to go into that? Yeah, there's um there's a few reasons to use lifting shoes. One is it gives you a better base of support, or at least you're potentially a bit more stable if your if your routing isn't quite right, or you haven't learned how to root properly yet. Um, the other thing is quickly quickly of, give us a one sentence explanation of rooting. Uh, good contact with the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're no, let me change this. A lot of people have really shitty dorsiflexion. Um, but, but I'm I mean, one of those but, people. Which means like putting your toes to your knees, essentially. Um, that kind of direction. Yeah. Having your knees push forward with your feet yeah. still flat on the ground. Yeah. Most people, when you try and squat down without any shoes on or anything, you want to try and get as low as you can to the ground your heels will come up and you're, you'll be on your toes, which shows that you've got poor dorsiflexion. Um, yeah, and there's a bunch of reasons. There. It could be anything from bad dorsiflexion to like a talus drop to um, tight calf, you know? Yeah. Not even tight. Um, but by the by, so lifting shoes can help mitigate that, but what you're really doing there is um, alleviating a symptom rather than a cause. Mm-hmm. Um, Apart from that, you can use them to uh, help make it a little bit more quad dominant. Yeah. Uh, so about that for that. Yeah, it's essentially, anyway. um, so 
I, I do see there being two different types of lifting shoes. Um, you've got your traditional like Olympic or squatting shoes that have got a, a big heel. Um, and again, as Alex says, they elevate that heel, helps you get a bit more balance for for squats and for the Olympic lifts. And it's almost a given that like every competitive weightlifter does them. But our boy Chris Speed, like he does it in Metcons and sometimes does it in flats. There's nothing to say that you don't that you cannot use uh flat shoes or anything. You like you hundred percent need a hill to do Olympic lifts, but it's definitely something that you should look into. Uh just because it helps you achieve a stronger position than what most people would do in regular shoes. Um, and then the other type of lifting shoes is, as I hinted to there, is flat sole shoes. So um, I have, I used to have New Balance Minimus. I currently have Merrill uh, Trail gloves. I don't know. I'll put a review on my YouTubes and I'll link it in the description or in the podcast link below on rubby-muscle.com. Um, and these are flat sole shoes. And I, I think I'd say that these are more important to have than squat shoes. Because if you have your traditional running trainer, you know, like your Nike Airs or or whatever, there's a lot of cushion in the whole sole of the shoe, which means that when you're in the gym, you're losing a lot of force in that foam or in that padding, in that cushioned shoe. So it's harder to stay rooted to the ground. If you've got flat shoes, um, that way there's no lost force because they're, they're flat. Same thing as wearing bait, uh, wearing bare or being in bare feet. Same thing, but a lot of gyms don't approve of you uh, not having any shoes and walking around on account of the smell. Yeah, a lot of gyms are shit. Um, um, and then I guess yeah. uh, just one quick one. Sorry, uh, Nike Metcons are like a nice little hybrid between the two, whereas they have a nice elevated heel, but they're not so heavy like your traditional squat shoes that you can't do anything in them. Uh, I initially thought they were going to be shitty, but I mean they look cool as well. So <laughs> nice. Yeah, cool. uh, that's it, I guess, for lifting but, shoes. Are we, right? are we a yeah or no on lifting shoes? We're saying we should have lifting shoes. I think that are, that are appropriate to what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. I I, I don't think you necessarily 100 percent need them. Like you don't really yeah. use lifting shoes, right? No. So and Not you're really. strong. You're strong as shit. So excellent. Next one. A belt. Um, you're the you're the breathing expert of this podcast, mate. So I want to get let you get into this. Oh, we're going to go that deep into it, are we? No, uh, not, not too okay. deep, but yeah. deep enough. To, well, because it's like sex. Well, no, this is the thing, right? It, <laughs> good. That was a good one. Um, people don't understand for the most part, and even like people, I don't know if they're trying to scam people or what, but. People that produce belts seem to not really know what a belt is for. Um, a belt is about creating uh, abdominal pressure, which Alex, you can go into in a sec, but it's not about, it protects your back, then that's how it protects your back, because it helps you create a strong uh, brace in your core. Now, if you've got a big belt that put, that has like a bigger surface area on the back and a smaller surface area on the front, there, there is nothing about that belt that helps the back. Like that, that's not, that's not like the pad itself on being on your back doesn't protect your back at all. It's actually the front of the belt that you want to be concerned with. Alex, going. So just on that point, um, 
there's a slight difference between passive and active uh, bracing there. So that passive brace would be when, you know, people have that belt really tight and there's mm-hmm. no room there. That's more of a passive brace. Um, the short and long of it is there's no reason not to use a belt. Yeah. You, you'll hear people say, oh, I don't use a belt because um, I want you to use, train my core. Mm-hmm. Or I don't use a belt because I get, um, I think I should be able to lift as I, without any equipment. Yeah. Well, when you can learn to use a belt, you actually get a better activation of your abs, um, and specifically the abs, the abs, the cordage, um, prize up brace. So, and you can produce more force, and you, um, by force, I mean you produce more ground force. So you're, you lift the bar faster, and your velocity is better. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what bracing is, um, we've gone over that a bunch of times, mate. Um, yeah. It's, it's staying strong essentially in your midsection. We'll, we'll call it that. Yeah, and, um, and using a belt, it just gives you something physically to push against, so that you know yeah, you're actually, really bracing your core. If you didn't have that, like you just don't know. It's the same thing like saying, "Oh, well, I don't need a bar and weights to see how strong I can get my chest." Like, well, okay, you're just shortchanging yourself. Um, yeah. I definitely say that, like the the, the people that wear a belt all the time and you don't you probably don't see this because you don't go to public gyms as much as i do but people wear a, they put a belt on and they go around and sit and they go on the chest press machine <laughs> ah, that's interesting uh, like <laughs> understand what the belt is for use it as a tool for that don't just pointlessly wear it um but also yeah it's not like wearing a belt you don't become reliant on that belt because you could you should if anything you should learn to brace better by using a belt, and then when it comes to doing stuff beltless, you're actually uh, you're actually going to get stronger because you know how to brace better. Yeah, it might be it might be that little else. bit harder to brace without something physically being there, but I think it it, it definitely does help. Yeah, and any time we can um, lift the bar quicker at the same weight, it's better. Yeah, um, um, and then those people that will say like, "Oh, you don't have a belt when you're playing the game," but that's not we're not trying to replicate a game scenario. We're trying to improve where we are. I used a belt because I did my first real proper decent deadlift session two days ago. And my abs still hurt just from deadlifting with that belt on because I've got a better brace. So, um, you'll see that I actually lift without a belt fairly often. Yeah. The reason I lift without a belt fairly often is to keep my intensity down. Yeah. Cause you don't need it. Yeah. Because I'm, cause I'm doing, um, higher rep sets in a moment. Yeah, um, it kind of worked well for me to to not overtax myself. And and, and if when anything, I, when I step up um, things that are above eighty percent, then maybe I'll. Uh, I say maybe I will be putting a belt on. Yeah, and then if anything, like um, belts are un- uncomfortable to put on. So if you don't need them, don't don't put it on. So I've got a um, I've got a client who does strongman stuff. Um, decent actually, really decent. Yeah, 300 kilo deadlift the other day. Well, um, yeah, he's good, <laughs> strong lad. Anyway, we we recently went through his his bracing and stuff with a belt, and he still gets like a 360 degree bruise around his belt. <laughs> you know, from that. Yeah. Um, the point the point is that it is not comfortable. It's not fun, um, but it, it will keep you back a bit safer. Cool. Yeah. And it doesn't Strap really. Control. And it, as I say, like 
if you do uh, 150 kilos squat with a belt on, but you can only squat 130 kilos without a belt, that's not, oh, the belt's just lifted that extra 20 kilos. That's still you lifting it. It's just you using that belt as a tool to help you lift more. Next yeah, one. So Straps okay. slash chalk. Uh, yeah, I'm for it. Yeah, this is... Again, this is I don't think there's a reason not to. Huh? I don't think there's a reason not to. No, well, chalk makes a mess, but you can get the, like, those liquid bottles of chalk. I think that's a great thing to help you uh, deadlift or do any um, training that involves some sort of rowing or anything like that um, is good. Straps, um, yeah, so it's a pet peeve of mine when people will always like big up how good they are without straps because uh, if you're... If you've got a really, really good deadlift and you're like, and this isn't people that are competing in strongman or or even powerlifting, okay, your dead, deadlift is a tool. So if you if your grip is holding you back from getting the most out of that tool, then put on some straps and get the most out of that tool. Simple. Like if your grip holds you back, yes, like there are different ways to work on your grip. But that's not really what the deadlift is for. The deadlift isn't a grip movement. The deadlift is a posterior chain strength movement. And if your grip is what's giving giving out, then you're not getting as much posterior, or you're probably not getting as much posterior chain activation as what you could do, uh, or strength development as what you could do if you had straps on or had chalk or whatever and lifted better. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I don't really too much to add, to be honest. Yeah, same thing for straps with like rows as well. Like, yeah. if you're doing heavy rows, it's very difficult if your grip is almost given out to try and feel the movement in your in your lats and in your back. Uh, so if you slap on some straps, it really allows you to get a good squeeze of the the muscle and, you know, get a better movement um, rather, than, rather than worrying about your grip. Um, like, we're not saying use straps for everything um, and we're not saying have a grip like a pussy, but... Use them as a tool as you need. Um, that's it, really. Anything else to add? Yeah, whilst rugby is a sport which requires a lot of uh, hand strength and um, the strength to manipulate, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't mean that your primary deal is your grip. You're not a grip sport athlete, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so if yeah. you're... Yeah, again, if your development of your deadlift or your rows or whatever is being held back by your grip, then, you know, what you might like the subtle differences that you might gain in getting a slightly stronger grip, you're going to lose out by not being as strong as you could. Simple. Yeah. Let's move on. Wraps. Yeah. Go on. Uh, you're talking wrist wraps. You're talking knee wraps. I think we're talking all of it. Knee wrap. Oh, actually, let's go knee wraps, knee sleeves real quick. Um, knee sleeves in terms of like, if you're getting a bit older and your knees are a bit, bit funky, keeping them warm is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of wraps, it's a safety deal. If, you're, if your knees are a bit unstable, it might help. Um, as a rugby player, I'm not sure they're totally needed, but I, there's, there's I don't think there's anything wrong with using them. It's good to have. I think, so this is where I'm at with these. Uh, knee wraps, actually, knee sleeves, yeah, they're good. Um, there is there is definitely some, like, even if it's just a psychological benefit as well for wearing them. Like, when I did my weightlifting, they're definitely, it became, 
so much so that it ended up being a crutch, which isn't a good thing. Um, but it definitely can add a good benefit to keeping your knees warm, as you say. Um, and just that little extra pressure or extra padding in the back of the knee can help you uh, just feel a little bit tighter, feel a little bit more secure as it pushes your knee forward. Um, just helps you find a good position wearing sleeves. I wouldn't say become reliant on them, but I would say definitely use them and not, don't worry too much. Um, wraps, knee wraps, probably take it a little bit too far unless you're a competitive power lifter. I wouldn't see... I would rather you, I'd rather have you use knee sleeves for the similar benefit, but it's not as extreme and it's a little bit safer and a little bit more consistent as well. Um, going back to like our deadlift example that I had before, if you were to squat, uh, say we, we're talking about that 150 kilo dead uh, squat, sorry, that you can do with a belt on, if you can then do a belt on and, and add an extra 10 kilos to your squat just by putting um, knee wraps on, then mm-hmm. that is actually the wraps because that is the rebound effect of wearing the wraps which helps you lift that. Uh, it takes a lot of the pressure off of your whole body rather than actually helping you. you. So a, a, a belt helps you lift it whereas uh, knee wraps actually take a lot of the pressure and do it themselves. But knee yeah. sleeves... They'll bounce out the hole. Okay. Yeah, cool. All right, uh, well, wrist wraps. Wraps. I'm I'm for wrist wraps when you sign the bench heavy. If you have like smaller joints, then it can just keep them a bit more stable. And um, it's the same it's the same deal as the straps, really. That it's a it's a tool to improve up something else. Um, yeah, if your wrists are, are really sore from like doing lots of bench or doing you know extra pressing That's work, the then oh. like don't have your sore wrists hold you back from developing strong shoulders and a strong press. Um, but also look at maybe why your wrists do hurt in the first place and if it is just the fact that you're going super heavy because you know it's cool to go like it's just it's going to put pressure on the body so sometimes so look at how little some people's wrists are that is going to give out so wearing wraps definitely wrist wraps can help um one thing i will say is a lot of people put their wrist wraps on like incorrect and we, that needs to change. Too low down, too low down the wrists, right? They don't even yeah. the wrists. So I'm going to yeah. put an Instagram post on, and that is going to be, uh, well, it's up at tj.strength on Insta, but also I'll put it in the show notes at rugby-muscle.com about how you yeah, should be wearing it. It cracks me up when people do that. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, let's move Essentially, on. a lot of people put it, yeah, put it underneath their wrist where it gives you no extra support. It needs to go up on the hand a little bit so it stops... So it supports yeah. the wrist, essentially. As long as it's not illegally high if you're a powerlifter, you're fine. Cool. Uh, Next one. Back grips. I like uh, back grips. I am a big fan of fat grip. Again, this is a tool. Um, and this is where, I guess... Actually, I'll tell you what. We know when we said about um, things that these aren't in, all in order or aren't all necessary, you know, whatever. I'd say now we're getting into the stuff that isn't... like The, the stuff before are all tools that... Like most people would benefit out of using. Yep. Right? Um, now we're getting into things where you would use them for maybe, you know, 12 weeks out of the year for a few different exercises, but that's about it. Um, you know what I mean? Like an extra one block of training. Yeah, um, I mean, it just depends what you like what these do, are right? These are more luxuries, I guess. So fat grips. Yeah. Um, these are cool little grips. Again, we'll 
actually we'll put links to all of these different products in the show notes of rubber-muscle.com so fat grips are just a i don't know how we have an amazon store huh we have an amazon store i have I, we do now um cool. fact yeah essentially they're two bits of is it rubber or yes yeah, rubber so like thick yeah. solid rubber and you put them around your bar or dumbbell to increase the diameter of that barbell to make it harder to carry therefore work on your grip uh it's essentially make it turn it into a fat bar or an axle bar as well these are great these are really good for um just directly training your grip um i have a little caveat to all of that but alex do you want to say anything else about these fat grips yeah actually so not only does it function as a way to increase the demand on the grip um if you look at it from a pressing point of view yes it can stop you squeezing so hard so you get less irritation across the elbow so you can actually so if your um, elbows are playing up um as, as mine tend to do um fat grips can be a useful thing to take a bit of pressure off there off your elbows so if you if you're getting elbow pain for your pressing or um, then i'd actually say maybe cycling some fat grips for a few weeks um, shouldn't affect the numbers too much, um, but it is nice to have a bit of relief on your elbow. Yeah, cool. Um, the only downside, I'd say, I guess it's, I guess it is a downside to the fat grips is obviously if you're using it's the same thing as. So we've got ideally, if you're if you're training your back movements or any sort of rowing movements, you like we've got these straps on because our grips given out and it's holding us back. Then. You've just got the normal bar without wraps. And again, probably our grip is going to be the thing that holds us back. If it's not, that's great. But then you put fat grips on it, and all of a sudden, all we're working is grip. We're not working the rowing motion itself. We're not working the back when we're doing that. Same thing if we're doing fat grip pull-ups. We're not really doing too much for the lats in terms of like strength development. We're actually just working the grip. So... Just when you're doing movements with fat grips on, know that the primary concern is the grip. Uh, the only one that wouldn't be is if you're doing like different sort of farmer's carries or something. Uh, I guess single side farmer's carries and stuff. That's where you actually might be working your grip and your core. But other than that, it's like, obviously, you if it's so, it has to be so light in order for you to hold the movement or to hold the, the weight then it's going to take away from what the movement was originally going to do. But that's fine because you're trying to develop grip. Most people's um, anti-lateral flexion move, um, strength is pretty shit anyway. Yeah, that's why so, I said it. Yeah, so that's what I do. Yeah, not So you can deal. work your grip and your uh, anti-lateral flexion slash rotation by doing those. So single arm carries with fat grips are great. Next one, uh, slingshot and bands. Alex, get into this. Oh, do you really want me to? Okay. Do, so a slingshot is essentially a... These, this is going to be the super fast round, by the way. We're going to do. We're going to spend two minutes le- or less on each. Okay, so slingshot is a rubber band that goes across your chest and it assists your bench press. Um, good things about it is it means you can move the same weight at a higher velocity, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, bad things about it is it, can, it detrains the chest and uh, triceps of use over time. The, Again, it's like one of those what we said before. This is not helping you do the movement; it's actually 
doing a lot of the movement for you? Um, so the latest research on slingshots is that really it's only effective for speed training or the deloading phase. Um, I, I wouldn't really use it apart from that, to be honest. Um, if you want to look it up, it'll, the research will be coming out next month, month after. Awesome. Uh, and bands in general? Bands are cool. I like bands. Um, you can use them for everything. I'm not, we don't have time to go into... Yeah, we don't have time to go into... Like, so you've bands got heavy cool. bands that are good for like squats and deads, which you can use in all sorts of ways. Um, actually, let us know. If you want to, if you want a whole podcast on bands and chains and accept yeah like we could do a whole one on that like and then you've got light bands that are really good for rep work for sure um actually that'll do us for bands next one exogeny oh well you just purchased one of these mate when you uh when you start off so um a lot of people want to do sled work right but having to like buying a sled how much does a sled cost mate in general dollars huh hundred dollars yeah a few hundred dollars and that's just for one that you can you know and that's just a sled on its own then you've got to buy weights to add to it then you've got to move this weight around uh you've got to do this jesus i should be in market and this is a good little picture i'm going already uh but sled training is fantastic but unfortunately it's just not the reality for the majority of people that either go to a normal gym or just you know uh they're, they're not professional athletes. So the, what the Exogeny is, is we spoke about it with Sam Portland. He introduced us to it, and I've since bought one and thought, why do not, not people, why aren't there more people that use this tool? And I don't know why it is, but maybe I'll find out one day. But for now, you should buy it because it's awesome. Uh, what you get to do is you can put it up onto any pole or any, you can fix it to anything really, even a doorway or whatever, and it's going to give you oh. a fixed resistance so uh the one i have is meant for sprint training so it's got 60 meters of rope and it's going to give us a fixed resistance now that's either so it's basically going to mimic pulling a sled but without having but it fits in a boot bag so you can use it as a and and i'm experimenting with using it as a primer for my uh rugby training just take it and just do a few lengths of the field uh working on my sprints with some resistance and resisted sprints are a really good way and without a sled or this there's no way of doing them but resisted sprints are a really good way of working your technique uh that's it your sprinting technique because you can't do it fast uh because it's a difficult thing to learn such a fast motion you can't do it slow without a weight because you'll just fall over simple yeah you rambled a little bit mate Oh, well. um, um, yeah, to, you can definitely use it for uh, unlike a sled though you, it's actually better than a sled because you yeah you can use it for like lateral work a lot better because of the resistance but I, I mean I've only just recently purchased mine so look out for some more reviews on that I'd like to see you try some jumps and stuff of it as well That'd yeah. be interesting. just do it work and um, you but... can buy a shorter rope for it or just buy another uh, machine and you can do you can basically take like because it's got a fixed resistance you can take it anywhere and just almost like do deadlifts but with it or any sort of movement with it yeah well, that's, that's kind of my excitement about it yeah although it only goes up to 500 pounds doesn't it so 
know, but it's not, not, not. five hundred pounds of weight. It's five hundred pounds of force, so it's a lot different. Cool, excellent. Next right. one, uh, next and last one, I guess, or oh, last two. But we've got thirty seconds in each. Foul slides. Yeah, they're so small. They only cost ten dollars. Um, they're really useful for everything. Get them. Yeah, core work. Um, just general body control work. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. They're really good. Um, and then suspension stuff, um, like, I guess, TRX. And then you've got to have that. Yeah, little... TRX with gym rings. There's, there's so much you can do with them as well. Again, it's like, what, $15, $25 for a set of gym rings? Most gyms should have them. Um, and also, I would say that TRX have done a fantastic job of marketing themselves to the point where we have TRX classes. And that, to me is annoying because it's not like that's not the purpose of the trx does that make you know what i mean it's not that's it's using the the tool not as a tool it's making the tool the focal point of the training you shouldn't just train with a trx it should be a tool to use for body weight rows and yeah so we're looking we're looking at the suspension stuff um as either a means to an end or as a progression tool well, yeah. I guess you could probably use it as a proprioceptive awareness kind of deal as well. I I just like uh, using mine to for my warm ups, my shoulders. It's really good because you can get through. A well, you get range. there's um indications that the TRX rows might be better for back strength and hypertrophy, um, but I suspect that's just a bigger range of motion deal. Yeah, cool. And that ends the podcast, I think. Right, are we ready to close our kit bag? Have we got anything else in here? I'm rooting round. There's a bit of loose change. Nope. There's, uh, there's a bit I always of have a little bit of electrical tape in my kit bag. Like this, this small like offcuts of electrical tape. No, I don't. I never have that. That's weird. Um, and maybe okay. Here's the last one for your gym bag. It's a ladder, a speed ladder, and you're going to use okay. a speed ladder to to climb up to the roof when you accidentally kick your ball onto the roof. That's the only use you can have for that ladder. Thank you, boys and girls. That's the end of the podcast. Follow the show. Uh, all the show notes and all the products that we spoke about, you can grab at rugby-muscle.com slash blog, which is where you'll find the podcasts. Um, and I'll just link to them. I think they're pretty much all on Amazon, so they'll, I'll just give you a link. There won't be any extra cost or anything by using my links, but if you use them, it lets us know that you listened and said, yeah, that's a good idea, boys. We're going to do that. So, yeah, follow me, TJ.Strength, on all the socials, Alex, Collision, underscore, and underscore, Combat. And that'll do us for the day, boys. Right, Alex? Right. I'm, yeah, I'm done, mate. I'm out. Bye, everybody.